This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Ravi Dagula is our guest today. Ravi is the owner of several historic properties near downtown Lafayette, including the Mouton Plantation, the Nickerson House, and Esprit de Corps. He's also a developer of the newly built Vermilion Lofts situated at Johnston and Vermilion Streets. Ravi is a native of India and moved to Lafayette to attend UL Lafayette to study computer engineering. He has made Lafayette his home. His interest in restoring historic properties and his dedication to offering beautiful event venues for downtown and North Lafayette is inspirational. I've been curious about what motivates you, Ravi. Welcome to Discover Lafayette. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I'm excited about your story. Um, you know, I had read about you in the paper, but I wasn't putting you together with the different projects you've been involved in. And our friend, Catherine Finstemaker, recommended that I call you. And she said, I think Ravi would be a great guest. So I'm just, uh, I had worked for years to improve Upper Lafayette. And you know, the whole key there is it takes private money and private risk to make these things happen. Yes, it does. Um, When I started to do projects, I wouldn't call it north side. In the north side, a lot of my friends asked me to take the money and invest it in the south side of town. Mm-hmm. Well, when someone says no, it motivates you more. So I decided to, to invest money on the north side because I liked the house that I was, that I was looking at and, uh, and it was, that was my calling. Mm-hmm. So I did it and from there I took it. Uh, one step. Yeah. Other projects came to me. Right. <laughs> I didn't take any. I wasn't looking for any projects after that. All the projects came to me. Mm-hmm. So it is like the houses. It's meant to happen. How did you transition from computer science, engineering, to developing and renovating properties? Well, um, see, this is the saying, and I always believe this, is when when you get to 35, you need to know what, you, what you're good at. 
I did several things after graduating. Um, I know I wasn't meant to work or a job, eight mm-hmm. to five. So I did several things. I did everything that you can think of um, to make money and survive, but real estate was my calling. I felt like I fit in well in real estate. I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm probably a small real estate developer in town, but I enjoy what I was doing. And then um, there was interesting stories. I, when I first started to work in Lafayette, I didn't have a car. So my cab driver would bring me from UL all the way to the north side where I was working in a hotel and he would go around the Mouton house to pick up more customers uh-huh. while I was sleeping in the car. So I saw it in 2003, four. And then when I bought my first car, I used to go and visit because I liked the house. Mm-hmm. And one day in 2016, my banker at the time, thought that you know she knew I was an Indian and this was a bed and breakfast and Indians are in motels so she thought I would do a motel or a bed and breakfast so she asked me and I said well it's a coincidence that I like this house I've been looking at this house for so long without even thinking of buying this mm-hmm. and or or I could afford it but then it came to me and the bank said we'll give you a loan if you're interested wow that was the original Mouton yeah, the family. Mouton. That's like yeah, yeah. It was nice. Historic. Yeah, but when I bought the property, it was just to buy the property as an investment mm-hmm. because I was into flipping and doing these other things. The price was right. I bought it, but then I realized that there is a, a bigger purpose. Um, uh, most people say, you know, you know, you can't talk to the house or you need to talk to the house. So. We loved the house, and the house um, made what I am today is from that house. You felt that it was kind of divine that you were able to buy that. Correct. And make so there's a, a there's a bigger story to that. The story is um, the man I am today is um, there's a lot of factors that help me, but I think Lafayette helped me um, to be where I am as a man. So this is my way of giving something mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that from the jump, but that is how it is transforming too. Yeah. So now I enjoy what I'm doing. I want to create this space. Um, it is historic. It is built in 1820. One of the first five, one of the five houses of that period existing operational at this time. Oh, are they all in that area right there? No, the, I, th- I think uh, Cafe Vermilionville. Yes. Um, uh-huh. Mouton House downtown. Okay. Um, then our place. There's a few places uh-huh. like that that is built at, during that time period. Right. And that same And that style. are functional. Yeah. Um, I think Cafe Vermilionville is a bit, bit older than our place mm-hmm. um, because all the business was done at the Pinto yeah, Bridge. The, right. And that is where there used to be a hotel mm-hmm. back in the day. So when I bought the place, um, it it was very tough to run a bed and breakfast business, especially for someone like me with with very limited resources. But the house provided. You we, made enough to. Yeah, the pay ha- your we expenses. opened a few rooms. It was a bed and breakfast. We opened a few rooms, and the house provided uh-huh. enough to do other work. So, and moreover, um, uh, see, there is a there is a good energy in some of these houses and most of my meetings in this house are very successful that helped me in my other projects so say everyone would come to meet me there and they would be and the meeting would be so successful that we we are partners Mm -hmm. after that in Mm -hmm. business partners and we do other projects together so yeah um, 
That's beautiful. It's very nice. Mouton is he has a charmer. This is the thing. The with historic properties, you have to look at it like um, the baton has been passed on to you, mm-hmm. and you will have the baton. You are just a uh, uh, you're just a caretaker, a temporary caretaker of the house. You're a steward. Correct. Of the house. And in 10 years, 15 years, you would pass that baton on to someone else. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that as Lafayette or the Acadian area is known for the food, the music, the culture, I believe that the houses are a part of the culture. So in that time period, mm-hmm. we all know what happened in those houses, uh, in, in, in the plantation. I'm not going to go into that. But the way we we uh, we work um, to I'm, I'm not using the proper term. The way we do this is to invite people into that home mm-hmm. where they were not invited before and treat them with respect and dignity that they didn't have before is the way that we can overcome what they had went through at yeah. that time. That oh, is my yeah. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, see, they were not invited to their home. They were not invited in, in their own table. But now, we, you know, I invite everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they right. can come to my place. And this is the place that they were not treated with respect. We treated with respect, with dignity. Um, as humans, we are all humans. So. And there's such a need, um, no matter what your background is, there's been very few event venues in Upper Lafayette Parish, you know, um, I mean, Correct. they had the Holodome, but, that's, you know, that's time. just like, that's that's not even, <laughs> you know, like there, there just weren't places to really put on a fine wedding or a special occasion event. And so that was your first purchase. That was my first one. Yeah. I, uh, I believe that not only 20% of people in Lafayette, probably 20, know the existing existence of historic neighborhood. Sterling Grove. Forget about my oh. property. Uh-huh. Just existence office, historic Sterling Grove uh, mm-hmm. neighborhood. I think it is our job to make mm-hmm. people know that. That way they can come and see mm-hmm. uh, see what we have in Lafayette, enjoy the houses. And maybe if someone organizes an event, we can leave the places open for them to tour. Yeah. Uh, did the COVID shutdown affect Mouton? It does, it does. I think COVID had a big part. Um, We were on our way of growing exponentially and COVID kind of dampened that growth. But as an entrepreneur, if it is not COVID, it would be something else one day and I have to figure out a way. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll figure out a way. We'll figure out a way. It's easy. The house will provide provide for it. What was your second purchase which property um the second purchase was the nickerson house mm-hmm. which used to be owned by a prominent family in town the shop right yeah um the judices were involved in their family in the, in the and 1900s and they all live right around there too S- correct a lot of judices in correct area. correct yeah and um it was uh, the shop we sold the house to uh, the sharplins from from natchitoches but the, the sharplins want to move to opelousas and I know Chris very well, and Chris offered the deal. Um, mm. I said, hey, we are moving. If you want to buy, this is the chance to buy. So it is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so mm-hmm. I did that. I, I am at about 95% finished with renovation. Oh. 
So uh, it's not open. We are open yet. Se- end of September. Okay, good. In about a month. Yeah. Yeah. We are booked October, November, and December. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. It, just so, looked, it was so lovely anyway, but yeah. I can imagine what it's going to be yeah, like now. Yeah, we're booked October, November, and December. We took extreme care in preserving every inch of that property. Uh-huh. Um, extreme care. We were, we were careful about the trees, the plants, and every little little thing in the house is being preserved or worked on. The wood was in good shape? Oh, the I mean, it's in a fabulous shape, but we have to do some things because it's been, it went through some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. After, after 2000, when the lady was older, Miss Bella uh, was older, uh-huh. and the kids moved out, I think there yeah. were some things that happened. But the house was not built in one section. The houses has been added on over the years. So when you do that, you know, it's not on a stable ground. Uh-huh. You have uneven surfaces, cracks in the walls, this and that. I'm pretty sure it was when the all the kids moved out, they have their own houses. And I don't think they put too much effort into mm-hmm. that house. I'm curious after the hurricane last year, and then I guess, you know, the flood in 2016, did that... Did that Adverse weather conditions affect these older homes? No, no, no. They stood um, up pretty see, well? See, where the railroad track is going is the highest point in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So we are close to the railroad tracks. If we flood... So no flood? No flood. And then the, the winds haven't done um, damage? During the hurricane, last hurricane, there was some damage that's done. Uh, we lost five trees. Oh, uh, nothing fell on the house, though? Or? No, not on the main house at Good. all. Just in Nickerson house, we had some damage to the carriage house, the outside bathrooms. Mm-hmm fences and etc but nothing to the nothing to the house no Good. see yeah. these houses were designed so they don't obstruct the wind if you see the mouton it was built on the path of you know it's not directly obstructing the wind it's built on the path of the wind so the wind force is very less on wow. the house so don't i don't know how they knew but they did but they did isn't that something? Yeah. And you have to know that if they were building a plantation home back then, they would have built it on the bayou. But but the reason is the Cajuns never went for the bayou. Cajuns went for the oak trees because the live oaks will not survive in a continuous flood. So you, if there are 200-year-old oak trees already there, That's a good that spot. means it doesn't flood continuously mm-hmm. it would flood because there was no levees back then it would flood occasionally but right. it wouldn't flood for one month at a time because the trees wouldn't have made it trees wouldn't make it so and it also offered shade and other benefits correct. so that's something so uh, that's what they went for and <laughs> the other plantation people went for the bayous because uh-huh. of the transportation easy transportation yeah and these guys went for the oaks yeah i read online um nickerson's story and it was really interesting um like, I didn't know Simcoe. I yeah. had no idea that it was named after a place in, in Canada. Yeah, Simcoe, Ontario, yeah. Canada. Yeah. So a lot of those streets had personal yeah. meaning Correct. to Mr. Nickerson yes. and others that were developed that, that area of it. Yeah. Um, I think it evidently he made money in the gold rush, but then he went to Canada and his kids started dying because of extreme weather. So he wanted to go mm-hmm. as south as possible and he meets this guy from Lafayette in the train. He wasn't supposed to come to Lafayette, oh. but he meets someone in the train, and he says a lot of good things about Lafayette. So Nickerson came to Lafayette, wow. John Nickerson. Yeah. And then uh, he, he bought all the land from the Mouton plantation. They had mm. 300 acres at the time. It wasn't under the family, in the family. It was 
it was given away to other people. Mm-hmm. At one time, it was owned by Dr. Moss. Sorry, uh, Dr. Mudd, not Dr. Mudd. Yeah. Dr. Mudd is a relative of the of Dr. Mudd in uh, Abraham Lincoln's death. Hmm. The Dr. Mudd that that's that had this, that had uh, treated uh, John Will's booth when he jumped off and broke his leg. Oh my goodness! Wow. So. That is Dr. Mudd. We're going to have to do a second podcast on history, Robbie. <laughs> so that's how the Mudd, Mudd Avenue came from. Because but you it's love this, like, don't you? Like yeah, the yeah. It's all come to you, you know. It's yeah. so much in the house, right? That's what yeah. I'm thinking, the memories the house and talked the to you a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's seen a lot. A lot of good energy. Yeah. And then the I'm Civil sure. War and all that. I mean, just think about all the things that house went through. I don't know what we had here that was maybe would have endangered the house, but still, yeah, yeah. it was close to some action. You have to see when the Civil War went, when the federal um, or the, the people from the North came, you would see that uh, the maps were, the maps, so when, when, they would, when they would come in the river and they would burn or they would, they, would, they would burn a plantation or they would take over a plantation, the plantation owners made sure that the maps were not handed over to them at any cost. Because, that because was, they would take the map and go to the next one and go to the yeah. next one and go to the next that one. Was lifeline. The, the proof for that is when they were doing work in Homo's plantation, uh, Homo's house, mm-hmm. they found the map buried under the third floor between the, uh, the trusses. That's so fascinating. To keep it away from yeah. the troops. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that's, that's another story. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know they were close to the Academy in Grand Coteau, too. I mean, there's another historical story there. So I had no idea. Yeah, all this. so many things. Look, I want to move on to some of your other yeah. properties, but if we may, I'd like to pause and listen to a clip from an interview that we did with Gus Rosende, a native of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And Gus has also made his home here, and he's invested heavily in the downtown Lafayette area. And he also loves the U.S. Why don't we take a listen? And also, please go to discoverlafayette.net, where you can find uh, Robbie's interview, Gus's, and about 200 others. Let's listen to Gus. The, the whole question about the viability of downtown mm-hmm. over the years has been, you know, is downtown has to grow because the immediate businesses there, they need to prosper or because downtown needs to grow because it actually helps the entire parish. Right. And I think when you when you have city councilmen and mayors from other cities outside Lafayette, Scott, which I spoke to the mayor of Scott, Youngsville, when when they're coming back from trips and going, well, now I understand the power of an urban core as mm-hmm. actually going to help my city. Mm-hmm. And it's not about competition. It's about tax revenue. It's about growth. Yeah, it's partnership. about infrastructure that already exists mm-hmm. that we don't need to be building out for now. We already probably done enough for now. Maybe let's go back in. And uh, I think that's what it's showing. And LCVC coming in downtown is a, is a statement of right. that, you know, so... Um, I'm just excited about the momentum that we're experiencing, uh, which is good for everyone that lives in the parish. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette with Robbie Dagula. So you've got these two properties and then something, I know you just this spring, right? You yes, closed ma'am. on Esprit, Esprit Decor. Decor. I've been looking at that downtown. That's that beautiful yellow home. Yes, that's what, what street does it face? It's in the corner of Garfield and Lee. Yes. It faces Garfield. So anybody going down to Rosa Parks or oh, yeah. downtown, right behind, you know. It's right behind the Festival International yeah, main stage. Beautiful property. Right. It is built in 1890. Um, it is the same age as the Nickerson House. 
um, back then um, train transportation is a big thing that's what I believe led to building that house it's facing the railroad tracks right there oh okay so um, uh, yeah it's it's seen is it, mm-hmm. it had seen his uh, its heyday one you know before I like the I like the downtown and I really believe the downtown is on its way up mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to preserve the I would love to buy it acquire the land buy it and keep and do an arc or uh, put some of my touches in the building. We just acquired it, so we didn't do much you yet. You haven't done anything yet? Not much yet, no. So that was also an event um, It's facility, an event right? facility on the bottom called Esprit Decor, uh-huh. and we own the restaurant next door. What's which, that? Uh, scratch. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We own the property, um, uh-huh. uh, the scratch in the building. It's not, you know, we don't operate. Mm-hmm. Other, of course, the other ladies operate the business. Right. So that's three, then, uh, event rental facilities yeah we have yeah so what I want you to plug all of this um, what are your favorite type of events I mean is it mainly a wedding are these wedding yeah I venues? think Nickerson House is catered for bigger events um, we have seven acres there mm-hmm. um, and I saw you offer packages right yeah for the Nickerson House when, yes. for when you open right um, and Esprit Decor is a smaller event space that can fit about 120 to 140 people so we're not trying to do bigger stuff there. We're trying to do birthday parties, bridal mm-hmm. showers, baby showers. Is it an Airbnb also? Can people Airbnb stay in upstairs. it? upstairs, yeah. So you can have your party and just stay there stay for there. the weekend or something? If you please, yeah. yeah. We, that's one thing I have already done is I furnish the place to the period. Um, there are some things that I still have to work on. Velvet couches? Um, <laughs> it's it's a pre, it's a Victorian home, but it has some southern touch to it, mm-hmm. you know. So I I furnished it to that period, you know, comfortable. Mm-hmm. We're still in the process. Um, so when we are done, uh, it will be nice. Yeah. 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 We would like to uh, see. The point is not just to make a few dollars on the bed and breakfast or Airbnb. The point is to create an experience for the travelers that they won't forget for one and they would want to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep telling people, I go to uh, this, this city hall or you go to LUS Fiber. Um, I go to all these. These are the first places that the, the people come, go to when they come to the town. City hall, planning and zoning, mm-hmm. LUS Fiber, you know, to get the, the people that work in the front, even though they're not paid, as much but these are the first people they're like the gateway to Lafayette and they are the company <laughs> yeah they I mean, are who cares if the head of the company's nice if the person helping you isn't so I tell them and I see them sometimes they're not in a good mood you know <laughs> we all are and but but you are the first people that people see the gateway to Lafayette mm-hmm. you have to be on your top game every day <laughs> no matter what the situation at your home is and I try to say that and I also tell that to my friends who are in bigger positions in fiber and in areas mm-hmm. that the leadership has to work on getting them I mean even though they're not paid as much training them mm-hmm. training them well and telling them the importance and the greater good of you know greater good of the job it's very 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 important mm-hmm. I think if you tell them that and say, hey, I know it is the smallest job in the whole firm, but it is the top priority for us. Right. This is the, you have to be smiling, you have to take care of them like your own mm-hmm. family. 
you know show them you know if lafayette is known for hospitality the south is known for hospitality and if i go to this lady and she's in a bad mood right they don't create a good impression right you, so, te- you teach your um i tell them and they get mad at me sometimes but i tell them ma'am i'm sorry you're having a bad day but you have to be this right right <laughs> do you ever work at your places to kind of get a feel for what it's like to, oh yeah i work all the time one i work the all the team. time yes ma'am i work all the time mm-hmm. um uh, this is not a high employee business this is just a small business with few employees so mm-hmm. i work make sure every every customer has been properly taken care of mm-hmm. um sometimes we do a great job most of the time we do a great job but sometimes like any small business we have some issues that we work with um try to eventually we we so in a bed and breakfast business it is like a guest coming to your home you know it is not a hotel it, they're coming to your home how would you do anything bad to a guest coming to your home they want the best experience they can have have them sit on your table eat enjoy mm-hmm. drink with you that's kind of the atmosphere mm-hmm. that we are trying to create at the B&B mm-hmm. overall i think um, i think we're doing, we're doing okay there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of progress that we can make so who cooks who's the chef we have a chef um he was the preferred caterer for Craig Chain Point when it was oh, when yeah. it was in sunset. business sunset yeah. his name is Craig Kimmel he's my friend and now turned chef for us mm-hmm. you know so he does an excellent job we have um cajun breakfast kind of style uh, uh different breakfasts every day we have a spin a cajun spin in mm-hmm. different breakfasts for instance we have a uh, ex benedict and it used to be canadian bacon or it it is canadian bacon we do richard sausage oh. so it's kind of like the <laughs> like the little spin on yeah. uh, on we do french toast french toast on a french bread right you expect but we do it on southern biscuit mm. which is which is a different twist to right. to that you know so we have a little twist um mm-hmm. to every bread craig handles all of that right the bed and breakfast the breakfast is in the name the breakfast have to be on point Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can go to a bed and breakfast and have continental breakfast. <laughs> right. And bad coffee. You know, <laughs> you just got to yeah. have good coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good coffee. We still have a long ways to grow. Um we are not where we want it to be. Um I am I'm working hard. You probably get by the end of the from year. From all over the world. Oh yeah, right? yeah. 70% of our guests are from Europe. Mm-hmm. So we have hosts that speak three to four languages. Yeah. Um my host, uh, Miss Martin, she speaks uh French. Dutch, Spanish, German and English. Wow. What an asset. Yeah, so she speaks but all our host speaks French for sure. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. me, everyone speaks French. You know, I did an interview a while back with Frank Randall. I don't know if you've met him with Randall's. I, I did, but I send a lot of people to his yeah, place. Yeah, but he said the same thing. Now, this was before COVID. Mm-hmm. But um he said like 60 to 70% of their customer base is it's out of town and a lot of them out of the country. Yeah, Randall's Randall's is no, Randall's is known because it is on the French guidebooks mm-hmm. well publicized in Europe. So, if you can make Cajun food which is very good, you know, uh, and and music, mm-hmm. that's all they're coming for. Yeah. So, if you can bo- get both of them at one spot, why wouldn't they go? Right. <laughs> why right. wouldn't they go? But also New Orleans is very well publicized in Europe. just like nashville is in is in england oh the english go to nashville they have direct flights from england to nashville oh huh. how do you, well that's another story yeah huh? and the, and and in europe france to new orleans they are trying to have these direct flights or i think they did last uh-huh. year i have a journalist that took the first 
the the first flight after out of Paris to New Orleans. So, mm-hmm. but when they come, they come for three weeks and four weeks. They can stay yeah. three weeks in New Orleans. So they stay one week and they have this trail I call the French trail. They go to Homa, New Iberia, Lafayette. Lafayette is the Cajun country. They mm-hmm. spend two three days in Lafayette, and they go to Natchez, and then to if Saint Francis. Uh, either go to Nashville all together from there or St. Francisville back to New Orleans and go. Yeah, that's There's nice kind of like a trail trip. they follow. Yeah. And we are on the trail and our BNB is is on the is on all the French guide guidebooks so. Do you have to work to get on those guides? Like how do you get yourself No, when I, yes, I did work. I did a lot of work for them. Um, you know, the host events for them. Mm-hmm. I host the the riders that come to I get host on their them. radar. Yeah, on yeah. the radar. But but the previous owner when we bought did a good job on getting them on the mm. guidebooks because at the time it was the only one and if someone wants to come to Lafayette that's the bed and breakfast. Oh man, that's so he, it's like Rand McNeil. Yeah, he it? speaks a little French. He, yeah. and he's a he's a older gentleman. I think he's ninety one now. But he did uh-huh. because of him we were there and then we we took that baton and we did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I know you're probably ready for all the COVID. Scared to be over, so people can just flock back in, huh? <laughs> See, we are ready, but like I said, um, and I think this is addressing all the entrepreneurs who might be listening. If COVID is not there, there might be something else. So yeah. we have to figure out a way as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur to get over this or to wait it out. You do what you need to do. Entrepreneurs means you are creative, so to find a creative way to get over this. And then, you know, maybe you can reset later. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, <laughs> yeah. Robbie. You're right. It could be a stock market crash. Anything can just, happen. You know, anything. You can't fall just because something happened. Yeah. And this is the time because everyone will fall if that's the case. That's right. <laughs> you can't. So, so you've got, I just want to mention mm-hmm. the names again. It's the Mouton Plantation, the Nickerson House, and Esprit de Corps. And I'll put these in my show notes, but people can just Google these and they'll come up. Yes, ma'am. And you've got nice websites. And yeah, yeah, we're still working, true. but you like know, we did we did a small. Yeah, we, we we want to keep it simple, but I would love for people to come visit. It's see this. I'm not buying these properties because I want to have them. This is for for people, for Lafayette people. I think they should come and bring their friend and have coffee. We have coffee every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should come and they have a cup of coffee Check and sit out. in the garden and so nice. do their meeting. Why would you sit in a coffee shop where you, where your neighbor will hear everything you talk? You can go sit, <laughs> you up go there? sit out there. You have seven acres. Uh, do yeah. you need a reservation? No. People can just drive no, over? Just drive over and just get coffee and sit down. Wow. See, that is what that is how you can involve community. Yeah. Involving community is the best part of running business. And any successful small business you see in town has a good community following. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poopart, for instance, oh, yeah. or any small, I love these places because even if Poopart's want to close, the community will not let him close. Exactly. <laughs> it would just be illegal. Yes. Yeah. See, that, that is what you have to rally the community around you for the work you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you can do, if you are a small business and you can do that, there's no way you can fail. Because you keep your promises. And, and the community will ask you, what do you want? Yeah. You know, just like they won't come out and ask, but, you know, it's kind of like that. So any any new small business should work. Another angle is community relations is a is good angle. All nonprofits are free at our place. If you have a nonprofit, you want to do an event, it's free. Any nonprofit you take, even if it benefits a... 
a single mom. It doesn't matter to us. As long as it is a non-profit, it's free. Wow. Yeah. So we, not, not a lot of people are using, um, using that mm-hmm. because maybe I did not send the message to everyone. That's for both? Um, any property. Any of your properties. Any of our properties. Anything that benefits the community, a community uh-huh. non-profit, it's free. Right. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got your, your historic properties, and I'm just as curious about the Vermilion Lofts. I mean, that what was that before? That was the um, um, pouch? The old le- uh, leather, leather pouch. pouch. yeah. See, that... that um, Different day. Yeah, it's, I'm a... I'm a I'm not. I'm not the only developer. Steven Ortigo is mm-hmm. the main developer for that, and the managing partner for that project. And he's the architect. He's the architect and was slash a state developer. rep in the past. And, right, and right, developer right. Too. Yeah. So um, when when I was sending people from Mouton, when they're staying with us, we used to send them on a Sunday to go to downtown, and they would come back and say, "Why did you send us there? It is just abandoned." And that made me a little bit more curious about doing something downtown. And and Stephen was in the same lines at that time. Why don't we work something? So it came in a right time. So we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. He's the visionary. I was trying to put the people together, the finances together, get everybody together to do the project. Mm-hmm. So we were able to do that. It is 100% full today. It is? Except one commercial space, everything is 100% full. How many? Um, 26. 26. 26 residents. apartments are completely full. Uh-huh. Three commercial units are completely full. And there's only one left. So it's only for rent, the, the residents. Only for rent. Not to purchase. Yeah. So, okay. Everything is just to rent. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. We, uh, yeah, we... Um, we had a contractor which did not finish the project on time. Instead of delivering the project, December of 2019, he delivered the project. Sorry, December of 2020. Mm-hmm. So no, no, tw- December of 2019, he delivered the project March of 2021 during COVID. Right. We had one tenant for three months. We have only one tenant. Imagine a $4 million project no. with one tenant. And this is when you have to put on that entrepreneur hat. <laughs> yeah, and then we were like, well, we, we had to figure Gosh. out a way. And, and Stephen, Stephen, you know, we went through different options. And now we are in a good state. Good you trip. robbed a bank? No, we didn't. Uh, we didn't. We robbed ourselves <laughs> for, for a minute. And now it's good. But now you're full. Oh, yeah, we're full. Um, we're doing exceptionally well. Good. And that is what motivates us to do a project, which I think mm-hmm. he announced that we will do a project double the size across the street on Vermilion. Yeah. What a great location. 40, for 40 apartments, um, about 10,000 square foot of commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, to me, having this new development there, for me, I've lived here since 1983, Robbie, but it really makes the UL downtown area seem more like a unit. You know, I know that that's the goal at some point to have it where people don't really see any differences between the two. But that, to me, just kind of brings in that connection. I don't know who your typical tenants are. Um, Is it more of an adult crowd? You know, students, attorneys, Mm -hmm. um, doctors moving in town. It's just so convenient. Convenient. Our rates are, um, um, well, our rates are competitive for the style of the building that, you know, this Mm -hmm. is the only one we have in Lafayette about Mm -hmm. that style. Um, but for people moving from Houston, New York, for them it is nothing because they pay way more in yeah. Houston and New York. And what is New the rent like on a two bedroom? Um, Fourteen hundred. Yeah. Not too expensive. Compare. It's like comparative uh, or similar to Main Street. Mm-hmm. That is what our comparison was yeah. when we did it. 
but we want to do it downtown but yeah. we want to do it well we want to do it top notch where people will be very proud when they mm-hmm. bring in their friend you know we bring it to a mm-hmm. nice place um, we don't want 8 foot ceilings you know none of that we want we want 10 foot ceilings and everything a lot of um, sunlight coming through so he designed mm-hmm. it well steven did a good job so will the one across the street mirror that look it would but it would be a little bit more um contemporary you know, we're doing he's putting in some mid sign you know like a contemporary look with the round shapes and so it's going to look very well mm-hmm. it would have the same feel uh-huh. the corners would be a little curved so yeah steven's been busy huh yeah he's doing he's been involved in in a lot of different projects he really has been yeah i met him before the french school oh, elected yeah. and i mean he just I knew he was an architect, but I mean, it seems like he's really just hit We're the ground running. After Vermilion Lofts, um, he got very busy after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're op- they're about to open that French school in Sunset. He's one of the one of the uh, yeah. visionaries behind that. Yeah. So, you guys, um, this is probably personal, but y'all kind of see the same way in your vision for these living places or. We do, we do, and um, I mean, not Stephen is not involved in all my projects, and I'm not involved in all of his projects. He's, for instance, he's doing the trape um, deal. I'm not involved with that. Uh, he can, I think he he has this uh, um, this uh, vision that you know, or he he has this uh, talent to envision bigger projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to stay in my line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you, not everybody is cut out for everything. You know, you have to know your you know your mm-hmm. uh, capabilities and act accordingly. And I can't go do 60 million dollar project. Yeah, maybe 10, 15. We can probably manage to do that with some partners. You have anything else on the horizon for the downtown area? Downtown? Yes, there is uh we have 25 million dollars worth of projects that we would do in the next 2 years. in downtown that is not counting the second phase of our million lofts wow yeah so that is for downtown and uh, and january in oil center so i'll tell you yeah <laughs> tell you a little bit about oil center miss uh, miss nanet um, miss cook? cook has been always asking us to do something in the oil center She's obviously that is her her yeah. area mm-hmm. and uh, we came across this property that we will announce in the next couple of next couple of months that needed to be revitalized for a long time we have the property under contract now and we will do something exceptional um which would make the oil center look a little bit better than what it is you know that's all you can do you take a project and make it make the neighborhood or the area a little better than what you found it you can do everything mm-hmm. you know just a little better keep in mind the sentiments of all the people in the neighborhood talk to them show them the plans and then mm-hmm. you know take their take their views into consideration they've been there for years exactly. i'll tell you another one other thing jen and i've been researching this myself and i know why people are very sentimental um about these things about someone coming and messing up their neighborhood a typical american will have one house they put all their savings into that house they make so many improvements in their house How would you feel like someone is coming to mess that up? Oh, 
I've experienced that in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I had problems with some of my neighbors. But they never talked to us. Yeah. And they didn't respect us. You no. Know? But that is my investment, man. I did that all my life. I worked all yeah. my life. But then to you're do right. This. Most of our neighbors, like, this is, <laughs> this it's is the big one. It's yeah. a big investment. You know? So I, I had problems with it. my neighbor neighbors one time and I have to learn that myself and reset my own views and uh-huh. say hey this is their life in lifetime yeah. savings they put in this house right so yeah you have to consider them and and you cannot get everybody on the same level in the same to agree with what you do but if you can get at least 80% of the people to buy into your project mm-hmm. and say this is going to change your neighborhood this is what we're going to do mm-hmm then your project will be successful. You need good energy. You need, you know, you cannot just piss off everybody else, no matter if you can do that project or not. You cannot piss off everybody and be successful. It can't oh, happen. Oh, you're right. Not only bad karma, they're yeah. going to work to see <laughs> that you, you fail. Yeah, <laughs> against you. You want that. You know, every day they're going through, the, you want, they want you to <laughs> <Hello>. fail. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think, I think we should consider the people that, ex- that live in that area Talk to as many people as you can. Tell your ideas, no matter how bad they are to them. Let them correct you. Mm. That's okay. Let them correct you. And now you take all their input and do something good for that neighborhood. Be a good neighbor. And if you don't yeah. want to do... There is so much land, man. You don't have to do it there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do it anywhere. You know, there's yeah. no competition here. Well, there's there's a lot of land, but I mean, it's easier to use a vacant lot than to have to demolish, huh? You're talking about money. Yeah, 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 it is. Clearing but a lot. at the end of the day, Jan, it's all about numbers. No matter how much demolition, if you want to do, if the numbers work, you do the project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can, right. you know, if, if you're putting in $100,000 extra, but you can make a million more, if the numbers work, mm-hmm. do the project. Good. You know, it doesn't matter how much demolition it need to be done or mm-hmm. not. For instance, look at the old academy. They demolished everything, including concrete. I know. That's probably because they have something in their mind that would do better. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't know what it is, but, you know, I hope they're doing something good there. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on public-private partnerships. Um, you know, in Lafayette, the city of Lafayette, it's a lot more controversial, you know, doing TIF districts and all these different things. And you look around us, all the smaller towns have been thriving by investing in themselves. But have you ever been involved in anything that yes, the government uh, might get involved? So, yes, I do. And um, if, you, if you look at um, this one, one Acadian, an organization in Lafayette, took a lot of uh, entrepreneurs to a trip to Greenville, South Carolina. Um, there's a lot of ideas you can get from Greenville. I don't have to mention every little thing they're doing, but a lot of things happen because there was a public-private partnership mm-hmm. in every project. Um, I'm not so big to tell the administration what to do and what not to do. I'm a small businessman. Um, I will do it. At the end of the day, I'll do it myself. But if the pub, if the city will collaborate with the developer, either it might be a parking issue, Either see for instance, I'm trying to do a project in downtown, and they want to charge me what is called a sewer impact fee. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it is uh, exactly, but I'll tell you. It, it is about two percent or 2%. whatever of the project. Oh. If it's four million, it's eighty thousand yeah. um, dollars. But but that is what differentiate, or that is what will probably stop the investor from investing with us. The ten percent I was going to give it to him, or twelve percent I was going to give it to him. Let's say if I'm 
I promised him 12, but I end up spending 2% on an impact fee and he's only getting 10, he might not invest with me. Mm-hmm. So that makes a difference. But I can go to the other side of downtown, right on the outskirts of downtown, and I don't have to pay 2%. So that is counterproductive for us. If the city is looking for a long term, they should be the one investing that money in sewer capacity, um, every, anything they have to do infrastructure-wise, they have to be the one doing it. Mm-hmm. So we fought before uh, the previous administration left office, we fought for EDDs, Economic Development Districts, and we got one in downtown. Um, and when when the districts were were done, it was it was said that just because the EDDs are existing does not mean the ADDs will support all the infrastructure in that area. They can only do a small part. And the city also have to participate mm-hmm. in those things. Right. And then we do it. I think they need to have a vision. I would love I would love to see someone from the administration tell me what the ten year vision is or a twenty year vision is. What would you like downtown to be in 20 years from now? I, like, don't, I don't see there is a plan. Well, there's Plan Lafayette, but it's, is it back on the shelf? <laughs> the, is it dusty? I don't know where that is. I don't get into politics, but mm-hmm. I would love... And I know there are so many smart people in the administration. They need to come out and say, this is what our plan is. Then this is the first step we're doing for that plan. This is the second step, third step. I see cities like Youngsville, Scott, all of these people. They have EDDs in place years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have Metro code. They, you Why? know, the, our, the, for instance, the company, the, whoever is trying to do a, bill, a business here can go to on the other side on the city outskirts and do whatever they want to do with less restrictions. Mm-hmm. What would they say here? Um, some, I'm not a professional. Something that has, these are some things that they have to study. And, and see what yeah. what we need to do. I heard that the administration is is very uh, uh, proactive nowadays on getting big projects done, uh, especially a bigger mag- bigger size projects yeah. done. And they are also very interested to talk to people who can put these projects together, which is good news for me or mm-hmm. for us. Um, but I think the plan of of uh, of future what we want to do, what we want to achieve. At the end of the day, these are all the citizens of Lafayette. They, you know, no matter if they're in politics in five years from now, 10 years from now, you need to know where your city would be 10 years from now. You need to know what you can do to achieve that goal as a politician. Uh, Of course, everyone has their personal ambitions and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But the greater good is what can I do where people will remember my name for the rest of their life. Or oh, without him, this wouldn't be done. Without Joel, there wouldn't be EDDs. Right, right. What EDDs do, we have to see. But without Joel, EDDs wouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. But if EDDs can help do all these infrastructure projects, help people, um, help uh, plan these different things, help fill the gap where the city doesn't have enough resources, and take this infrastructure projects forward, then yes, Joel's name will be remembered for yeah. rest of rest of people's life. You know, since consolidation happened back in 1996, when it took effect, um, without getting into all the nitty gritty, Lafayette has just continued to lose. We're, we've lost population, and I just was involved in this committee. And in 2019, we were at 51. 
51.6% of the parish, the city of Lafayette, and now we're at 50.2, two years later, you know, like, well, actually it was 2020. And I mean, so to not have the mayor, I always, I mean, I'm getting a little bit too detailed Mm -hmm. here, but consolidation to me is, is just not even the issue. It's Lafayette needs to have its own mayor that can do like these other mayors have and, and push if we need an EDD, if we need another TIF district, if there's something that's we, gonna transform Lafayette, the city of Lafayette, our hub city, you are we need a cheer cheerleader just yeah, fire. We do. And I think if we need to get something done for the city, we don't need a permission from the parish. Right. That, that was kind of what we concluded. Yes. But, you know, when but it's I, not about the current people. It's just, it's the way government it's amazing, is set up. Yeah, it is set up. Mm-hmm. But I am, I am 100% sure the, the motivation behind doing one parish and all of this was great in 1996. Mm-hmm. People thought it was going to do a great job, but it didn't. So now we have to see whether we need to continue doing that. Yeah. Or we have to go our separate ways. Right. Right. <laughs> but we have to see that. I mean... How much of this general fund that that they've been allocated to all these parish, all these other neighborhoods, that's coming from Lafayette? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not into that. I don't know. But I think that is something that needs to be studied. And if we do deconsolidate, then we have to have a study on how much resources need to be spent yeah. in deconsolidating all of this. Yes. Yeah, we can share the resources. Yeah. Keep the separate government. I don't know if it's difficult or easy, but I'm sure if it, consolidation was easier, deconsolidation should be also easier. You know, some kind of way they can do it all. Time will tell. Yeah. So we have to be consolidated. I'll tell you my thing. When I first came to Lafayette in 2002, 2001, when I was going to Lake Charles to, to go to a casino or whatever, Lake Charles was way far behind Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Way behind Lafayette. Now, Lake Charles is catching up. Right. And it was and really Lafayette. way ahead, I thought, before the, the catastrophes. Yes. You know, yeah, the yeah. floods. Oh, yeah, that, before that. Correct. And, uh, and Lake Charles is catching up. And mm-hmm. I think that is because Lake Charles is not catching up, Lafayette didn't grow. Lafayette was where it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think good things will happen to Lafayette. There's a lot of good people that want to do a lot of good. Um, the administration administration has to listen to them. And I think they will. Um, they have to listen to them. Take the ideas. Take ideas of all the people who are in this, uh, who, are in, who are working for this. And see what is right, what is not right for the city. Not, the, not their ambition, not their political ambitions or whatnot. At the end of the day, you are born in Lafayette. Whatever you had was given to you by the city of Lafayette. What can you do to improve, to put your stamp on that? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a greater good, there's no good. <laughs> it's not just about you and your family or right. your ambitions, right? If Lafayette provided you everything that you have today, what did you do for the city of Lafayette? I came from India and I want to leave something that people will remember for the rest of their life. Okay, they go to a Mouton house 20 years from now and they would say, well, Ravi restored it or the Nickerson house or the Esprit du Corps or the other projects that we do. So if I am the one doing it that don't have anything to do with Lafayette, then imagine how much responsibilities every, every citizen in Lafayette has. But sometimes we are all engulfed in our own life. We are not mm-hmm. thinking broad. We're not, you know, we think about our own food, our own things. But there is also a greater good that everybody has to think and say, hey, what do I play? What role do I play? Now that I'm 56, 57, I'm retired. 
Lafayette gave me everything I have. What do I do now? I Go pick trash. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. That, if that is what you want to do, mm-hmm. do that. Uh, I I think the greater good is something that we need to instill in these guys that are retired, sitting at home. Give them something to do. Give them hope. You know, we will remember you. And you know, so yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go deep I into love that. that. You've been reading my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we do need like a senior leadership program where we yeah. can um, not amass only, people and, yeah. and get them. Like, what do you want to do to be reengaged? Yes. You know. Yes. You don't I'm, have to I'm, take all your time to volunteer, but just what do you enjoy and groups? Where, where would you like to plug in? And and I tell people, and uh, I go to DDA uh, for mm-hmm. instance. And I know a few other people in downtown that has a way lot more resources than me. I don't want to name the names, but they're rich people in downtown. But but it looks to me like I'm the only one doing projects, especially the real estate side. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're all waiting. And I'm like, why are you all waiting, guys? You have way more resources, way more connections, way more everything. What are you waiting for? Go do it. But I guess sometimes people are waiting to see how successful we are. If we are not successful, then they will not do it. But they if you are successful, yeah. then they go and do it. I understand that because you're cautious. Risk. Yeah, and the risk. But hopefully we are successful, then mm-hmm. they will say, okay, well, these guys are successful. Let's right. do it. I think there's a lot of talk among people to do projects in downtown Lafayette. The reason I say downtown Lafayette is that is the only place that raises more money in sales tax revenue per square mile. Oh, Per square mile. <laughs> so square why mile. do you go and put infrastructure somewhere else? Yeah. The infrastructure is there. Right. And they can just go <laughs> up. Yes, go yeah. up and uh-huh. do it right there. So right. I, I stress that point. I know River Ranch and other areas. And, and lately I feel like uh, dodging traffic in River Ranch is, is, is not worth my time. Um, with good, you know, they did a great job. I mean, mm-hmm. there are people from New York that comes and studies River Ryan sometimes, you know, and see how they built everything where you can ha- take your golf cart and go anywhere. And mm-hmm. It's just great, great concept. But I think a lot of traffic and and I just don't like to go there. <laughs> yeah. Downtown, closer to I-10, closer to 49, closer to everything that you, you know, school, all of that. Mm-hmm. I think there's no way downtown is not going to be developed in the next 10 years. I see downtown. The only way the downtown will be developed is by doing multifamily where you have people living in downtown. Yeah. Um, that is the key. Walking to their store. Walking to the stores, yeah. clubs, drinks, mm-hmm. anything. Uh, mm-hmm. we, are, we are missing some quality um, stores. And I think with time they'll come. Yeah. Look at the last one year, how many stores opened in, in downtown? <laughs> Every yeah. every week there is I something opening up, and they're very unique. And I think DDA is doing a great job. Their con- some of their concepts are really great. If you go to downtown on Jefferson Street, you have this look of a lot of boutiques, the signage, the neon signs. They did this facade improvement grant, sign grants, mm-hmm. and they have done that. And over, you know, you cannot achieve everything in one year. They've been doing it consistently for the last three years, and now. I have guests that came into Mouton and they say, well, your downtown is very unique, very nice, very simple, nice signage, you know, nice boutique mm-hmm. stores. I think, I think it's great. It's yeah. going to go up. Yeah. Going to do well. Well, Ravi Dagola, I'm thrilled that you were here today. I didn't expect us to talk about some of your ideas, but I'm, I'm glad that we went that way. It yeah. it's kind of shines a light on who you are and, and like you said, what motivates you to to build these special properties and to revitalize, you know, historic yeah. homes. I think, Jen, 
it is harder for people to see because they are in that box i can see it from outside the box because i'm coming from another country yeah and i and i know what the citizen has citizens has to do what they need to give back to our mm. community and i think everyone love to give back it is our job to show them how to give it back it's especially your job uh, as a moderator to to tell them this is how you can give it back mm. you know so mm-hmm. I, lo- i love that we share your <laughs> yeah. story and i look forward to more people learning about you and also the Mouton Plantation, the Nickerson House, Esprit de Corps, and Vermilion Lofts for people that haven't seen that. We'll have those in our show notes. I'd like to thank our sponsors for making this possible. First of all, Iberia Bank, now a part of First Horizon. Oshner Lafayette General, and of course, Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora. Jason, thank you for mixing this and making us sound professional. And to our listeners, thank you for your support. You can go to either discoverlafayette.net and find all of our over 200 interviews, or even better, you can subscribe and get our new podcast every Friday. We hope you'll do that. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, I'm Jan Swift. Thank you. Thank you.